This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from March the 28th, 1995. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, along with my brother, Aaron. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Chad Austin. Mr. Chad Lotto Machine Austin. Yeah, I, that's right. Mega Millions Austin over here. <laughs> oh, if I, if, I was using, if I was using my other ring name, which when it was Chad Bowman, I could be Mega Billions Bowman. Mega Billions Bowman. It just rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? Well, I mean, that's what I do. I create stars. <laughs> Everybody I lose to goes on to be a big star. It's got to be me. Well, a lot happening in, in wrestling this week as far as uh, the whole Vince McMahon thing and all that. But we are going to be talking about something from a little under 30 years ago, and it is ECW. But unless you guys have anything you want to talk about before we start the show, I have a couple of questions from a couple of listeners. I think... One is addressed directly to Chad. The other one isn't addressed directly to anybody, but I'm thinking it's may it's pointed at Aaron. <laughs> well, how do you want how do you want to book this show? Is this the show that we're going to review good enough that we're going to get an hour out of it? Or are we going to need some help from our listeners? Yeah, we're going to use some help from our listeners. Um, seeing as Aaron <laughs> Aaron revealed okay. before Aaron revealed before we recorded that he hasn't even seen this episode, so we're gonna. Yeah, I We're going to help him it. through this. <laughs> That's <laughs> tremendous. You had a whole week. I thought I watched it, but whatever. Well, the first question I have here. <laughs> you thought you watched it, but it was a recap. Yeah, it was a recap oh, of a recap. A, was... <laughs> I probably did watch they it. They all are. Why don't you just why, why didn't, yeah, why didn't you just bring last week's notes? And then once <laughs> we got to the to the matches that weren't on the that weren't on the old one, you could you could you knew what happened. Dreamer Stetson, come on. Would you be shocked if I said, you wouldn't believe what happened in the Stetson Dreamer match. Stetson went over. <laughs> but Aaron could tell you what happened without even seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> why, why waste the ink? <laughs> the first question that we have here is from a listener named Bill. Bill has a question for Chad. He says, Chad, on the show, you talk a lot about Continental as a great territory. As someone who has never seen it, what was so special about Continental? This is Bill. Where is Bill from? It's a, Bill, Bill's from Ohio. Me and Aaron's stomping grounds. Uh, well, did you guys get Continental? No, no. Any Continental at, at that any, I, any Continental? Not even the Continental. No, any Continental that I've ever seen in my life, I saw like within the past six, seven years watching it. Oof, man, you stink. Man. <laughs> um, no, the the beauty of Continental, it was just like Georgia because they ran they ran the they they ran the same towns the same key towns every week mm -hmm. and so the it, it, you know how you know how Memphis they always have to keep the angles hot they always have to keep like you know you have to bring them back Monday night right. <laughs> you ain't got to bring them back Monday night in in 90 days or 60 days or whatever you got to bring them back Monday night so it was always a lot of a lot of quote unquote fuck finishes um, you know, wild brawls, uh, like that kind of stuff. And that, and that kind of stuff, whether or not you believe it or not, is, is the easiest stuff to do. You could do it. Look at that door to butcher. He just turned 82. He literally just turned 82. And I bet you he worked Wednesday. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, somewhere. <laughs> I, <laughs> there's no doubt that, you know, if you, when's the last, Abby, you could probably count. I bet you Abby's taken less than a hundred bumps in his entire career. Mm -hmm. And walk, 70, walk and brawl, walk and brawl, walk and brawl. Yeah. And, and 77 of them bumps are against Brody and maybe 14 are against Blackwell. I was going to say, the there, may, may, just, maybe, maybe he took a couple from Baba. Well, yeah, no, I don't. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The rest of them, you can just scatter up amongst them, you know, Harley Race or, or whatever. Some people like that, but yeah, you know, the, the main guys, Brody, you know, did it all the time. 82. What's the matter with him? <laughs> Working on Wednesday. That's the best. <laughs> I bet you he would. Yeah, I mean, he would. What have do you to think the chances anything? are? Hey, he wouldn't have to do anything. He's never done anything. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it, it would be earth shattering to him. So essentially, what you're, the, the gist of what you're saying is Continental was great because it was um, exciting. You know, it was, and like I said, from what I've fast. seen, yeah, it was fast. Things move fast and lots of angles. Another thing that I liked about it, Aaron, was um, that it had a lot of, it had a lot of family tradition and a lot of the angles were family related. I mean, I mean, because uh, during the, I mean, always, always through the whole entire run of the whole entire promotion was the, 
was the Fullers and the Armstrongs. Yeah. That was the whole entire that that feud was the, the beginning of um it was going on before it had turned into South it was when it was southeastern before it even turned into Continental. Like that was the feud was the Armstrongs and the Fullers. And then the Fullers took on the um oh my god, he's my boy, a bunkhouse buck. Um Jimmy Golden. Jimmy Golden. Yeah, then he took on Jimmy Golden because he was a cousin, of course. I mean, if you can't if you can't make them direct, you're a cousin. And uh, and they were. It was just. The, it was just the best. It was the best stuff because, like, like I said, they had to go to the same towns like Memphis had to. But mm-hmm. the presentation to me was a lot more sports slash kind of gory oriented than Memphis. Memphis had his hokiness, you know, and you can just see through all that. But Southeastern man, that shit was. That shit was popping when I got my when I got my peeps on that, as the kids say. Man, I said, what the hell is going Mongolian Stomper? Are you kidding me? The bloodbaths with Bob Bob Armstrong and stuff. I was like, man, where the hell was this all my life? All I've been watching was Santos Gold videos. And you can you can definitely see, and I know, I know uh obviously with, with Bob Armstrong being there and and uh, Jimmy Golden being there and Robert Fuller, you can you can see the influence of Continental on when you watch Smoky Mountain Wrestling as well. Oh well, there's there's no there's no doubt in my mind that Jim Cornette and his, and his, if you asked him if you had the opportunity to ask him, you know how much of that booking was was fuller, you know inspired, and right. he would have to tell you it's East it's East Tennessee to begin with, you know mm-hmm. it's it's all East Tennessee because they they started in East Tennessee and then moved down there because once when, when they got word about how good um I forgot who the guy was was it Roy Lee Welch that was running Pensacola. And, and stuff like that. He it was telling them how great the weather was, and you know, and how easy the towns were, and all. And like everybody was like fighting each other to go down there. Everybody wanted to go down there. And then when the Fullers and then and the Armstrongs got down there, it was like this is our territory because they had already owned Georgia, right? Yeah. I mean, if not not technically not technically owned it, but I'm sure they had a piece of no, the office. Yeah, which they def- the, which would be yeah. the Birmingham. That's what I was going to say. They definitely had a piece, the Alabama area. Right. It would be the Birmingham, the Birmingham off. And so, yeah, so they, 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 it was just, it was awesome, man. I mean, you guys got to spend like some time one time, you know, when you get a weekend break or whatever and go back and watch like the Austin Idol with the sheep herders and all that stuff. It's ridiculous. And you're like, this is like, this, this shit went on in pro wrestling. (laughs) It's like the greatest stuff that nobody really saw. And it's also um, uh, a lot of people might not know this either. There's um, there's there's really good Gordon Soli stuff in there too, and he was calling it. Um, and then later on, you know, you get into at the end where Eddie Gilbert is the Booker Continental. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You're right. It was towards that. I'm thinking Charlie Platt. You're thinking you're thinking Gordon Soli's Charlie Platt. No, you're right. When when Gordon Sully took over, when they started running TVs from Birmingham, yes, that's yeah, a lot. Okay. A lot of I've seen a I've seen a lot of that because there's a guy that has a bunch of that, like almost that whole run. So I've I've kind of binge watched that. Um, so, dude, who's the guy? Who's the guy who said that? Um, um, I, I don't know if it was Meltzer or somebody may have reported to Meltzer that they thought that um, or they knew. That Gordon Soley had a bottle of scotch um, underneath the podium, and and they said if you look, there was some kind of telltale. I can't I can't remember what it was, but it was some kind of telltale when they came back from breaks. You knew when Gordon Soley was taking a hit of the gimmick, and I can't I can't remember what it is, but I totally believe it. Oh, it doesn't surprise me at all. Who is it, Aaron? I think isn't it um, is it Mike Tanay? That was calling stuff with Gordon when he was getting ready to leave WCW, and Gordon would just like blatantly just have a liquor bottle right at the table or whatever. I think it was it's Tony. Mike was it Tony? Okay. Yeah, and Jim yeah. Ross talks about how during those WCW like um, um, massive tapings, there was like five, six hours of shit that Jim Ross had to keep him loaded. He was like, yeah, he had to keep him loaded. Yeah, because Gordon Sully would have been just said, fuck it. I'm not watching this boring-ass shit. <laughs> I, I don't give a shit how much of a fucking, of a fall-down, lazy, um, uh, scoundrel and drunk that Gordon Sully was. 
I can tell you this right here on, on, on the public, if you will. I had a match called by Gordon Soley, so go fuck yourself. What match was that? At, it him it was Vader. me against Vader. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go to my grave saying I don't give a shit what y'all say about me. You can hate me at Walmart all you want, motherfucker. Gordon Soley called one of my shit. Ah, uh-uh. Gordon Soley was the best. And there's no doubt he's drunk. Why wouldn't he be? He, he's flip flopping between Georgia and Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who who has that kind of life besides Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> <laughs> he's Gordon Buffett over. Here. Well, I think the next. I, you know, the next you know, oh, go ahead, Chad. You know, you know how there's a picture of like President Kennedy with like Mr. Wrestling number two, or whatever. Yeah, gotta be a picture of him with um, Jimmy Buffett. That that's the that's the P.S. The results. Okay, I think the next. I'm, I'm I'm guessing the next question. It doesn't have a particular person addressed, but based on commentary that is made by my brother here on this show. I'm assuming this listener, Ryan, is is posing this question to Aaron. It's going to be antagonistic, isn't it? Uh, maybe a little. Fucking. Okay. <laughs> Ryan asks, hell. why all the hate for public enemy? They were over <laughs> as hell and helped ECW get off the ground as a company. <coughs> well, Ryan, that's his name, right? Yes, and don't lose us a listener. <laughs> no, I mean, I, Ryan, <laughs> instead, of, instead of just listening to us talk about the shows, if you want to find out why... Oh, the hate for public enemy. Watch the shows that we're talking about, and it'll be self-explanatory. They suck. No, hey, e- e- easy, e- easy. Uh, it's not that we. It's not that we hate. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. But uh, <laughs> it's not that we hate public enemy per se. We just think everything is like miscast and mistyped. I mean. Well, could we not agree, Aaron? That yeah. if, if it was somebody else doing it, yeah, it would be better, and we would. And, I mean, and it could be could, could, the angle is not bad, right? The angle itself is not bad. No, it's just the guys doing it aren't the guys that should be. And like you said, no, maybe, he, not, maybe not. So like the like Rocco Rock. I don't hate Rocco Rock. Like I don't hate Ted Petty. I just hate Ted Petty as Rocco Rock. If that makes like, of course, that, yeah. that dude, I that, hated Ted Petty as Cheetah Kid. That dude started working in 1979, and in 1995, <laughs> he's supposed to be some kind of hoodie. Like, what the fuck? Now, Johnny Grunge, on the other hand, uh, yeah, he's whatever. But, <laughs> he never, he never grew out of that stage. But just, just, just for me to play antagonist, does not Ryan have a point that regardless of what we think of the act overall, it was over with the ECW crowd. It, it did was. Put a- it did put asses in seats. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's not. He, my name wasn't in question on this. I said, I said public enemy was over from the beginning, and they should have been over, and they were over. And however they got over, they stayed over, and that's beyond. That's a whole entire different show. We can do that on one of your other other platforms. Do a whole breakdown of how the fuck did public enemy get over? But, but they did. And that's all that matter, man. And it, it 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 they got over, and they. We're over until other people started showing up. You know what I mean? And then it got tired and it got stale and they left. When they left, guess what? Everywhere else they ever went, did they do a goddamn thing? No. Oh, fuck no. And when they came back, nobody wanted them when they came back. You know what I mean? They come back in what, 98? And they're there for like a minute and they got to get back out of there because the people didn't want them there. The locker room didn't want them there. I think, I think most of the problem was, um, because uh, tag- theoretically or whatever, they had already beaten everybody. And then when they had that stupid little attitude gimmick where they went to the WWE, you know what I mean? And then they got all like, they all got beat up by like the hair scissor, whoever the fuck beat them up and all. And then they went to WCW, the Nasty Boys beat them up. I think it was all, to me, I think it was all just jealousy. And I mean, unless Petty and Grunge really did something kind of, you know, douchey to them. Which I'd never heard anything about. I'm thinking, like, why would they do that? You know what I mean? They they did they What's, did what is it? They did piss off uh, Ron Simmons and Bradshaw, and that's why Ron Simmons and Bradshaw had their way with them. On they, they were they were kind they were kind of big dogging when they went to the WWF locker room, and and the APA wasn't having it. And they shouldn't have been because by the they got they came, they came into WCW. And and, they were essentially the Bushwhackers. Yeah, well, I was just say they came into WCW. 
And it was it was all right for a minute because it was different and they were still doing the tables and people cared about it. But by six months in, like I was gonna that became the fucking bushwhacker and not even good like the bushwhacker. It's just, I don't know. And and yeah, dude, it it was um it, it was uh um I would love to have been been sitting been sitting in the like the meeting room whatever when public enemy got signed or whatever and you know how everybody's probably going to ask for like the push let's talk about the push kind of thing i wonder how that was described to them, how that was going to go you know what i mean yeah and bischoff was like oh you're push off a cliff we're gonna push like you you I, I just they once they got out of that little environment it, it was never gonna work and they were over in that environment because paul told those people that that, that they were over and basically if paul told them something they just went with it and that's just how i feel with it because like coming up we're gonna go into that three-way dance pay-per-view or whatever or super show well, and sabu doesn't show up and that entire crowd just turns on sabu you know what i mean because paulie came out there and told him to turn on sabu. well i don't think i don't think you're necessarily I, I don't think you're necessarily 100 percent correct on on of uh, paul just saying that i think um i think at this point the people in Philadelphia, the I think the people took Public Enemy as their own. Like I think I think it was the crowd that made Paul like have to um you know big time everything on Public Enemy. Yeah. I think Public Enemy was completely way over, way way more over than I thought they would have been. I tell you that to be honest. And like I said, I just that's how I feel about it, and that'd be like. Me like Ryan being like, I don't like pepperoni pizza. Then I'm like, Hey Ryan, what's all the hate on pepperoni pizza? Like, well, I just don't like it. You're like, okay. Oh, there's I'll leave you alone. Yeah, about there's it. there's no hate. There's no hate. But I I mean, even if I didn't like, I, I bet you I yeah you know while I was there, Rocco's like first match. I I was in the crowd, and you know I bet you that um I saw the potential there because I didn't know he was the cheetah kid. I think my buddy told me um on the way home from the show that. That was the cheetah kid. Then, like the dude that worked, like um, he worked a uh, liger, I think, or the tiger mask. Tiger mask, yeah. Get the fuck out of here! When I, you know what I mean? <laughs> when, I, when I hear that about some fucking ham that, that I'm working with, that you know, oh Johnny, you know, like, like yeah, yeah, it's tiger it's, mask, it's, stupid. it's obvious. Obvious he was Colonel De Clerk, but tag, but uh, cheetah kid. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't even know that then. I didn't even know that until many years later that he was the jabroni guy from the South, whatever, South, South Africa. Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Stargate or whatever. Oof, that's got to go in the, in, the, in the We Can't Wrestle Hall of Fame, one of the worst shows ever. Good Lord, is that a stinker? Those Russian guys that both look like Borat. Yeah, they're all hairy and shit. <laughs> and what they, they, say the, they say the Malenkos were like from Yugoslavia or something. <laughs> You're a Slavia? Yugoslavia. I think they said the Malenkos are from Yugoslavia. Then they had like this big like Zambui Express looking motherfuckers. Like, what the fuck is going on? Can you imagine you paid a ticket to go to Starcade or what? It was a great, no, it was a great American bash. It was a great <laughs> yeah, American bash. But the I worst think. part. The worst part is, is how was the show advertised? It was advertised as a tournament or something, right? Yes, the the world's greatest, like world's international tag team tournament or whatever. It was all, it was all essentially a gimmick to set up for Steve Williams and Terry Gordy to win. The yeah, well, who's going to buy a ticket to that? I'm not going to go, Dad. I got to go see the world's international tag team. Who's the sexiest champions? You what, spent money you know, for the fucking WCW show, and like. The only <laughs> WCW guys on it are like Dustin, Nikita, Ricky Steamboat, and the Steiners. And the Steiners. Dude, you know, like, I don't dude, know I've, been, I've been the shows um with my buddy, my buddy the Burrow Watcher. And we 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 done a lot of traveling and stuff like that. We've been the shows where like Onita would show up or Muda would show up. And we I would be there as a mark with him. We, you know what I mean? We just go to these shows and stuff, and all of a sudden, like they do the lights out, lights, you know, lights on gimmick, and it's like fucking Muda, and I felt like I was like twenty one again or whatever it was, and I'm grabbing, I'm grabbing Birdwatcher by his jacket, going, oh my fucking god, it's Muda, you know, and and I'm a dirt sheet, you know, guy, you know, I, I like, I think it's ML, I think it was MLW, wasn't it? 
Dude, mm. Muda in the ECW um, arena for me was like, holy shit. And I was hoping they were going to bring Kabuki, but I don't think that was going to happen. All right. Is that well, not a happy ending for Kabuki? I guess we'll <laughs> we'll digress into this uh, ECW show from March the 28th, 95. The opening video is four minutes of recap of everything going on with the three-way dance tag team match coming up. Oh, I'm the, so happy. The public I'm so enemy, the public enemy, Benoit and Malenko and Sabu and Taz, and then it's the final showdown between Mikey Whipwreck and Jason, the sexiest man alive. Mikey versus Jason, yeah, supposed to be the blow off of this feud. They've been the rivalry they've been having for what over a year now. Yeah, how funny was it that they actually called it the blow off? Like, yeah, I mean, they did. They, you know, the final showdown. Yeah, the yeah, final showdown. Cool, right? Yeah. Yep, and it, and you know what? I gotta say, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't shit on Jason in this thing because he did his job as a heel. You know, the little shit heel. Um, it's fun listening to Joey, obviously on commentary because he's always gonna razz on Jason anyway. Um, right, right. Um, you know, because Jason, Jason get all these near falls, but he's not hooking the leg, and Joey essentially says the guy's been wrestling for eight years and he's so dumb he won't hook the leg when he goes to pin somebody. Um, and I know Aaron, you said you didn't get to see it, but Chad, did you catch the, I don't think Jason was aiming for Mikey's high chest throat area, but he gave him a kick at one point and he almost kicked him right in the throat. He was so high yeah. up on his chest. That's a, um, that's a Jason staple, man. I've got it. I mean, I think it's one of the things where it, it's kind of like being like a puncher, you, you know, you have to know your range kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's no it's not like it it's not like it, it killed you you know it let you let you know that it hit you but it's not like it's like you know be like you're a motherfucker you know i hope i get the rest of you next week you know kind of thing it was like damn <laughs> you know kind of, yeah that was just jason because jason wasn't any good and that, that's even in my notes i wrote that um i thought mikey looked good i thought mikey looked really good mm-hmm. he 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 really he he really did um it was great. He reminded me so much of me and, and all the stuff that he did because me and him, like, even when we were like closer and we talked a lot, we were, we, we realized we were never like Ray Mysterio or, you know, any of them guys that when they do like the hurricane Ronis, they're so perfect and you can just nail them from anywhere. Like, you know, fast forward to the day, like Pentagon or Phoenix, we were never that good. So the, the cool thing about it, we thought the cool thing about our offense was it was so kind of sloppy because mm-hmm. it looked more real. Sabu sometimes looks too real and, and it takes away from it. Like it's it's the crash and burn with Sabu that everybody loves. Boom. You know, he goes over to guardrail and gets his head stuck in, a, you, know, you know what I mean? Somehow, on, you know, in the way over there. That's what everybody loved. It's essentially with Sabu. It's essentially, you know, we've come here to possibly watch this man die. Oh, that's of course. And then the crowd was just chanting ECW, ECW. <laughs> After that, he's all sitting there turning blue. Nobody's trying to like like loosen the the fence thing to get his head out of there. They're just standing right, right in front of his face, yelling ECW, ECW. <laughs> it's Sabu. Um, the. Well, the finish in this match comes. Joe, Jason misses a drop, top rope leg drop, and then Mikey pins him after a hurricane rana off the top rope. And again, and we're going to talk about it later um, at the end of the show. This is a good episode of the show for Mikey Whipwreck. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know specifically what the is. Are they building towards Sandman yet? I, I don't think so. No, we haven't got that far yet. Are we, so, are we building the him and Cactus being tag team champions yet? No. I, well, that well, that is coming up fairly soon. But I think this was honestly, I think they were just they were just using this episode to put him over. I don't even know if they have a direction for. Him, but all right, because he's already he's already been he's already finished up and beat me, and then he's already he's already finished up and he's beaten Paul Loria. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Uri is Paul Paul Uri is essentially history at this. Point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, so yeah, that's not that's not going to happen again. So yeah, I, I'm I'm actually interested because I don't remember this off the top of my head. Who was next for Mikey? Unless it would be, I mean, I, I would hate to say it. Oh, I don't wish to upon anybody. Sandman, or Aaron, you know, because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Dreamer. Aaron, I know you didn't see it, 
but you, just to keep you involved in the show, any final thoughts on the rivalry between Mikey and Jim? Well, um, it went too long, but it's finally over, so thank God. Um, I hope it means less Jason in the ring, because Jason in the ring is no good. He's, he's at least obnoxiously enough to be entertaining as a manager, but in the ring, I don't want to see him. So. Dude, don't you think if they did a... Um... A gimmick, like I mean, my biggest problem was the fact that they, they didn't do enough with the angle. Like, what? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't Jason do something stupid like cut like Mikey's hair, you know, and then have Mikey have to get his revenge and give Jason, you know, that hair? Why not do that? You know, they, they didn't do anything far enough to make it to make it interesting, right? It just it was like it was just like looming in the background. Yeah, like they didn't do anything interesting enough to to. um justify it going as long as it no of course he didn't it was ridiculous like you know what he, he didn't do anything to his mom his car and he didn't like i said he didn't shave his hair he didn't fucking poke a hole in his water bed i don't know what the no, nothing happened <laughs> why are these two hating each other so long the, the, the only thing he, the peaches i was gonna say the only thing he did was mikey took his tv title and uh and and then Jason turned Mikey's little friend Paul on him. Yeah, but Jason, other than that, Jason should have fucked his mom or something. <laughs> totally something. You know, he could have he could have dealt his sister. Mikey's like, let me show you my upbringing. You know? Where I grew up, and he walks into his mom's Jason, house. Jason could have been the babysitter. That would have been great. Mikey's like, I've come from a small, <laughs> like oh. a small house, one bedroom. Of one bedroom apartment with my mom and my sister. <laughs> I show it to you, and he comes in, and Jason's porking his mom. And he's like, "How do you like my?" <laughs> I think he's. I think if any apartment door would have opened, I think I think if I think if any apartment door would have opened, it would have been Jason and Maddie. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about the other one. Oh, Mama Whipwreck! All right, we get a recap of everything that happened last week with Malenko, Taz, and etc. And then Joey does an interview with Dean Malenko, which isn't really an interview because he asks questions and Dean Malenko just stares him down pretty much. Joey, of course, as he should, acting afraid of Dean Malenko. So for what it was, it was effective to get Malenko over and Joey's playing his role perfectly. Of course. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean how, how can you fuck up standing there? <laughs> Basically, stand there. Br- let Joey stand down. there. Let, let- Stand there and breathe. Yeah, let Joey Styles react to you. Let Joey Styles react to you standing there. That's what, you know, because Joey Styles is the one that's got to react to it. He's trying to interview the guy, and the dude's just looking at him like, you're a fucking And Joey Styles is like, oh, okay. This is the way it's going to be. Then we get a recap, another recap, of the stuff that went down with Ron Simmons and 911 on last week's show. <laughs> and then Paulie... Paulie dangerously cuts a promo on Ron Simmons. Send Paulie, I've noted, is in a China Club hat on this edition of the show. Paulie in the uh-huh. China Club. Did you yeah. ever go to the China Club? Chad? I just, I just want to know. What, no, no, just no, just hundred percent chance. It would. You know how much money would have cost me not only to get there, but to get in there. Fuck all that. That's not even that's not even a night's work in in, in wrestling. That's, that's like two weeks of wrestling to get into the China Club, because you got to cross like two other bridges, and by the time you get into like New York, the tolls cost like thirty five dollars, like that kind of shit. And then we're you know we're talking a couple hundred dollars to even get in line to potentially get in. <laughs> to the place, you know, kind of thing. So it was like, I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily invited. I was invited by, like, a crowd. Of, like, um, I, don't, I don't know if it was Bubba. I don't think it was Bubba. Or it could have been one of the other backstage guys that was inviting everybody back there when we were in New York. And I was just like, dude, I, me and I, oh, Axel didn't want to go either. Me and Axel just wanted to go home. And we were like, nah, dude, we ain't going there because we realized this is bad for business. You know, if, if the office is going to be there and then you're going to allow us to get uh, get draws <laughs> from our pay and we're in the China Club, this is not good. We're yeah, we going to the, to the Western Union tomorrow and getting money wired from home. You know, it's bad when you got to pay a cover charge just to drive on the road to get to the. Dude, you ain't kidding, man. Yeah, that, that, I was not interested in that. But I noticed the hat. It was cool. It it was one of the things that Paul had in his back pocket because 
he's he's done some vignettes and he probably will do some more, which probably will do some more because he's wearing the hat that that he that he had like some gimmicks like with the Shane stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was all China Club gimmick. The uh, the next deal here, Joey talks about Two Cold Scorpio coming up on April the eighth. He is uh, his brother. I'm sorry. He talks about Two Cold defeating Hector, as we saw footage from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, exciting news, Joey talks about how Hector's brother Eddie is coming in on April the eighth to avenge his loss to Two Cold Scorpio. So Eddie Guerrero and Two Cold Scorpio for the April the 8th show is announced officially on this edition of the, the show. So we're getting Eddie oh, Guerrero. I thought, you said, I thought you said oh I I thought you said it was Two Cold Scorpio's brother. <laughs> That's what you said. Two Cold Scorpio's because I was looking at my notes going, it's not Two Cold Scorpio's brother. <laughs> That's Ron Singer. His brother is his brother Boz. Jesus. No, it is it is Hector Guerrero's brother, Eddie, coming in. To face too cold on April the eighth, and um, I'm excited. Eddie Guerrero and ECW. It doesn't last long, but what happens is is awesome. Eddie's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So anytime I have an excuse to watch Eddie, I'll take it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean that that was good. It, that, that's always good stuff. Um, Eddie Guerrero. You know what can what can you say about Eddie Guerrero? One of the five. Would you say in the ring? What can like you say? Bell, in the ring, bell to bell, one of the five most naturally gifted pro wrestlers of all time. Oh, um, naturally gifted. I mean, I guess the, the word you want to use, as we would say, would probably be smooth. Yes, that's probably what that that word translates into, into to my world. Yeah, I would say, yeah, because Eddie had the ability. He had he had the innate ability to, he, like, he would never. This is what just from like me being around here and, and just me talking to people, like he would never shit on your idea, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess like anybody, unless it was completely outlandish, but he would never shit on your idea. He would let you get your shit in because he knew he was going to get his shit in, and his shit was so smooth. But you know, it and and like anything, there's a way that if you're gonna if if I'm gonna let you do this to me. And you tell me that I that I'm trusting you to take care of me, and you screw me over. There's a way Eddie could have made some of that stuff pretty pretty rough, right? For, um, a lot of the guys, you know, that's that frog splash. It's not even fucking easy when it's a work. You know what I'm saying? You know, you could really you could really polish somebody off with that frog splash. Yeah, I was gonna say, get getting that walking. get when you're when you're up in the air and you get that torque with your body. I'm sure when you come down on somebody, even if you're working it, you're feeling pretty heavy. And he wasn't a small guy. There's just he no doubt about it. He was stout. You know what I mean? Like it's I wouldn't want that landing on me. Fuck that. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't want that. So is that is that how you tell the guy in the locker room? When he's telling you, like, you, you, so you're telling me that when you talk to Stetson in the locker room, you're gonna tell him when he wants to do the big splash skin because, like, I don't want you to do that to me. Yeah, fuck Is that, that what you're gonna tell him? Yep. <laughs> well, this next thing that we're gonna that we see on this show, Aaron, I actually, you're the lucky one because you missed this. This was kind of a debacle. It is what they call a Generation X gauntlet match, and it's Tommy Dreamer having to run the gauntlet. Of Raven's goons, who of course are Johnny Hotbody, Tony Stetson, and Stevie Richard, and uh, the goons and and Raven are handcuffed to the ring so that they cannot interfere in each other's deals. Um, Stetson goes first against Tommy Dreamer, and they go outside the ring. The fans hand Tommy Dreamer like a I don't know a, a frying pan and a fan or something to hit Stetson with. Hang on, hang on, guys! I have breaking news. Breaking news as we speak to the world. Lisa Marie Presley just died. Oh, I heard she was in the hospital and had a heart attack, but I didn't know. Well, I, hadn't heard I just else. heard she died. I just heard she died. We're breaking news here on the Reliving the Extreme podcast. Anyway, anyway go back, go, go back to what you were saying. I wonder if in a couple of weeks people are going to be like, I saw her at a trailer park. and With her dad and Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> and she was in a car driven, driven by Biggie. I think Jimmy Hoffa was there. 
<laughs> oh, Jimmy Hendrix played the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> like, like Jimmy Hendrix still be alive today anyway. <laughs> she was also accompanied well, by the the original Paul McCartney. And the Sheik. And the Sheik. Why, <laughs> the why, Sheik. why, why not? Why not? Dude, he's gotta be the she's gotta be the new guy where you insert it in every picture like they used to do at Ric Flair back in the day. The Sheik with, with his stupid little trunks on and his, and his headgear and his boots. Like he's a better insert into um just random people's pictures than Ric Flair was. Do, do you guys remember even remember that? Yeah. And, and the same thing with the Randy Orton RKO out of nowhere. The RKO stuff. out of nowhere, yeah. That was that gimmick oh. that gimmick didn't didn't uh jump the shark too soon. It was funny for wasn't that an app like on your phone where you could just RKO I, people out of nowhere? I think I think so, yeah. Uh, God, it was there were so many of them. Uh, one of the you best ones like, was when it was when they when they would take like uh some idiot like falling falling in the lake or something and then they'd put Randy Orton on the on the video of putting the guy in the arcade. <laughs> yeah. Didn't That's they even the do best, one of those when, when when Hillary's knees buckled or whatever and they have Randy like RKO? <laughs> yeah. yeah. RKO her into her van or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what you're watching, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> You're what? What are you watching? CNBC? What are you watching? Um, C-SPAN? The British Parliament Channel? <laughs> I do like. I used to like the watching British. that shit. Though. And then you guys would yell at each other. Yeah, the British Parliament. Oh, is like, ah, oh, fuck bullocks. Fuck yeah, you, bullocks. They'd be like, fuck tard, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance any of that happened. I, are, I have to watch this to believe this. Yeah, we are, we are here to propose uh, law number nine six two dash seven. Fuck you, bollocks, bullshit. Yeah, they just they, you know, like, like you're like you're, RKO out of RKO you're out like of Monty Python's Holy Grail. All right, you're, you're totally like yeah. Monty Python's Holy Grail. They're like, I'd like to say the distinguished gentleman from Yorkshire is a cunt. Like, yes, like this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out your dead. <laughs> Bring out your dead. I'm not dead. You will be soon. Look at him. <laughs> uh, well, back to this this uh, thing with Dreamer. Um, he winds up beating Tony Stetson. So then next he's going to face Johnny Hotbody. And I just put Hotbody's next. Hotbody loses. And then Steven Richards against Tommy. And they brawl around. Tommy winds up beating or hitting a pile driver on Richards. But then for some nondescript reason, Terry Funk comes out and cuts Raven's handcuffs so that he can, <laughs> so that he can interfere in this debacle. Um, Dreamer winds up beating Richards. My notes are non-coherent here. Dreamer winds up beating Richards, but he doesn't realize that Raven is free from his handcuffs. So Raven DDT's Dreamer on the outside, beats him in the ring with the one, two, three, and uh, bloodies him up. The, the end was fine. The end was fine with Raven and Dreamer, but the getting there was rough. But the only, the, the biggest question of the whole entire thing was, what was Terry Funk? Right. Is, right? Yeah. Why, where, why was Terry Funk? I, I, I actually, I, I love the idea. I to I completely loved the, the whole entire idea of this. I just didn't like the delivery. I thought like like I thought it was like there was all I just thought it was all wrong, you know. And it's kind of like even as we do it right now, where we talk about it, I'm still trying to place the people that you should have been doing whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to figure out what 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 went so wrong with this. Well, that's why I was saying like, when I was when I was when I was reading my notes and reading my notes, and that's why I said my notes were just kind of a debacle too, just like this was. It was like you said, you you know what they're going for, but the way they went about it was there was something off about. It. Yeah, something must have happened, dude. You know what I mean? I, I don't know because you know, there's just no way that was the intended the intended delivery. There's no, I don't, I don't think it, it could have been changed halfway through the match. You know, fucking Paul, seriously. <laughs> Like, you know, whatever the finish could have been, it could have been just changed halfway through or, you know, guys could have won in the business for themselves. I don't think there was because I never heard anything about it. Man. Yeah, I was just completely confused, like, watching it. And I, I kept rewinding about 30 seconds of it 
like to see if I missed something. You know, what did I miss? Was there like a key spot? I said, no, I didn't miss anything. Nope, you didn't miss I anything. I just don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> no. Well, the scene pretty Dreamer much ends with. Out, though, man. Yeah, I'll tell you was... that. Dreamer being stretched out. That was what I was going to say. I have here the, the end is very effective because Raven has Tommy cuffed to the ropes, you know, in kind of the crucifix position on the outside. Um, and, and Tommy's covered in blood and they come down with the stretcher and they're going to stretcher Tommy out uh, for the effect on the show, on the TV show. They even do a little rundown of the card on April the 8th, you know, to say we're doing this as Tommy Dreamer's being stretchered out of the arena. So, like I said, the end result is effective it was just goofy dude uh you you give me you give me some 15 16 15 16 17 year old kid scanning the tv channels whatever time this show came on and you show me a handcuffed dude to a fucking rope and he's all bloody i'm at least sticking around to see how he fucking got there right that's how you fucking get that's how you that's how you get people to watch your shit um i i can tell you one of my earliest memories of watching wrestling is is um I, in my and I'm 50 years old was watching Greg Valentine break Chief J Strongbow's leg. Like I've never seen anything like it when I was when I was that young and I was like, what the fuck? This guy's legs all all poked over here and and, and you know what I mean? So shit like that just lasts. And Dreamer hit a gusher, man. I'm not you know we documented. It. I'm not a huge fan of Dreamer. But dude hit a gusher, and he mm-hmm. did a marvelous, uh, a marvelous job of because you know you clearly you realize you put the handcuffs on the ropes, you can move them closer to you, and you can't get off the ropes, but you can move them closer to you a little bit. But he just stayed there all stretched out, like he couldn't move the, you know, he was like he was crucified, like he couldn't move the fucking things. It's Great like, job, man! I, I, I applaud it. Sorry, it's like that though in wrestling, like Chad was saying, where. First thing he saw was was the the broken leg thing or whatever, and um, violence is the thing that brings Pete. Like it's the thing that gets people to stop and watch. And now I think that's something that's missed in wrestling now. Like I was watching wrestling before the barbershop thing, but that was like one of my first memory. I know I'm younger than you, Ted, so it's probably not like a big deal to you. But that was like one of the first things. In my childhood, that I was like watching, I was like, Jesus Christ, like, what the fuck? Like, when it went Sean through Marty through that window, it's like you didn't see shit like that. Yeah, anymore. of course. Yeah, it's even like, even at somebody at my level, I can totally respect that. Like, much like going to like wrestling trivia last night, I, I talked to people that were 20, 25 years younger than me. And I, I didn't do I didn't do so well at all last night. And as a matter of fact, I stunk completely. <laughs> Uh, last night, I I totally just blew it, and I talked to guys that were twenty five years younger than me. We were talking about shit from, you know, you know, basically in their wheelhouse, you mm-hmm. know, the, the in your house era, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, that's cool, man. Oh yeah, but me and Miss me and Miss Jess, we got trounced. These questions were ridiculous. They wanted to know like what minute a pinfall happened of between Brian Danielson and. You know, Damian Priest on a house show in Dayton, <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were just looking at it, looking at him like, "What the fuck is this?" So yeah, me, me and Miss Jess walked away with nothing last night. Well, we, we, the next scene we get on this show here, Todd Gordon is in the ring and he's telling Paul Heyman that uh, Marty Jannetty's flight was canceled and he's stranded in Orlando. Marty Jannetty was supposed to have a match. Most Marty Jannetty was supposed to have a match with Sabu. Um, and they actually put, they actually put a segment in with Joey talking to Marty on the phone and Marty talks about how he's stranded in the airport in Orlando. What a great place for Marty to be stranded yeah, in Orlando. Yeah, he wasn't stranded. Yeah, some tells me he's been, some tells me he was stranded in Orlando for about two weeks. Sugar, sugar. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You ain't kidding. I'm stranded in this hotel, storting Coke out of us. Stripper's butthole. <laughs> Whatever Marty Jannetty does. Jim Neidhart's here with me. <laughs> uh, but uh, so because because Mr. Janetti is not able to be here to face Sabu tonight, Paul Haim, Paulie dangerously sends 911 to grab an opponent for Sabu from the locker room. 
Um, and it, and quite and what I think is quite the comical thing that happens here. Nine one one brings Mikey Whipwreck out to be Sabu's opponent, and it was actually really funny. Aaron, he had Mikey strap. He like he he tied Mikey to a like a dolly cart. So Mikey's tied to dolly cart. No, the, no, yeah, like a, a, a no, like a dolly cart, like you would move furniture with. But nine one one's got Mikey. It was, like, <clears throat> it was like it was like the cart. They were they were they were doing the same thing they did with me. With, when they put me on the card at Sabu, but they put the um oh no, you gotta watch this and watch and look at it close. It's it's not it's not like it was anything to do with me, like it was a river or anything like that. But when they put me on the dolly cart, they the guy just took the chain and just wrapped it around the thing. There was no like latching thing or anything like that. It was just like the the effect of it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But when they brought him out, he, there wasn't anything. <laughs> like he, he was just on the dolly, <laughs> like and, I'm, and that 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 popped me because I was laughing. Like you, all you had to do was move left or right, and you can get off the thing, you know. <laughs> and and I'm thinking like they're just wheeling him out. Like they were just they were wheeling a dolly down the back way of the arena, and they saw him and he got it right around his heels, and then they they scooped him up. Aaron, you can relate, you know Walmart, you know how it is. Yeah, you got to bend, and they, they they got him up, and they were just wheeling him around like that's well, it's fantastic. Why did I yeah, think nine, of that? I'm pretty lazy. Nine one one wheels Mikey out to the ring. To be Sabu's opponent, and like I said earlier, this 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 show bookends with two you know things getting Mikey over. He had he opened the show with Jason, and then he actually has what I thought was a really good match with <coughs> Sabu. Dude, show me a show me a better Sabu match. Um, I would say probably from that match right there. Give me give me six months after that. Show me a better Sabu match. Right. It, yeah. I mean. I, because at, at this point, at this point, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't shit on him because he, at this point, he's working for everybody and he's, he's working all over the world, working the greatest guy. So I really can't keep track of everybody that he's working, but I'm saying the whole scheme of things, I put that matchup on Mikey against any match that he did anytime in that time here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mikey I mean, was great. Mikey yeah. was, Mikey was great. And the best part about Mikey is that it was just like me because he would, he would, he, you know, his Frankensteiners weren't perfect. I love that mm -hmm. about him, you know, like all that stuff. There was the elements of the crash and burn and that was all right. the same shit that happened to me that I dealt with. And it wasn't, it was, believe me, it wasn't intentional. I just, I, at some point I had to realize that I'm not Ray Mysterio. Well, and 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 my note, my notes, especially on this match, um, and I don't have a lot because I was I was watching the match, but Mikey gets some good offense in the match with Sabu. Sabu gives him some good offense, but the the gist of it is Mikey is great at being the victim of Sabu's violence. What's wrong with that? No, nothing at all. It was it was entertaining I mean, as shit. <laughs> and who's it make at the end of the day? It, it, th since they're both playing their role perfectly, everybody gets exactly. You, you make Sabu, you, I mean, you keep Sabu strong, which you intend to anyway. And then you take the young guy like Mikey Whipwreck and you make him like, man, this fucking guy, you know, you don't know when to say when. Good Lord. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, so you, you basically make everybody. And then how did, how, you know, how was, how could that possibly detriment the business? You know what I'm saying? Like, can somebody, a 995 North from here. Figure this out. Can, can you get one person over? Yeah, we just had a match that got two people that we just talked about. But overall, yes, this was a, a very effective match. Sabu wins with a camel clutch. And um, I got to say, overall, this was a good episode of EC. Yeah. The Like I said, the thing with, the thing with Dreamer was a bit clunky, but... They got once they got to the point, the point was got, you know, so that that was effective. The, and my, like I said, bookend bookending the show with Mikey, that was a good idea. But yeah, overall, decent episode of the show. I didn't get I didn't get bored. I didn't roll my eyes much. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude, it was it, it, you know, I mean, anytime, like like literally, t I take any of my um, 
relationships with Taz or Sabu aside, but them guys are great, man. They were great. They were great additions to the television product, and it made people want to. I mean, I, they drew they drew money. You know, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Sabu and Taz, what was the main event of the first review? Right. Wasn't it Sabu and Taz? Sabu and Taz. And, and, and we're then, still, what, two years away? Yeah, we're still two years away from that. That was the real main event. And we're still putting our toes in the water, right? Like with yeah. Sabu and Taz. It's like, and, and this is probably before Paul even knew it, right? Has oh, to yeah. be. It's just, it's just Sabu and Taz. They look good together. And then it, it's eventually at one point, the light bulb went off on his head. Oh, my God. Sabu versus Taz. No shit. Man, that's a good booker right there, man. Absolutely. I don't know who's going to win Booker of the Year. The, booker of the Year this year. I mean, Tony Khan can. It's going to be the Tony Khan Award. If he wins this year, it's going to be the Tony Khan Award every single year. But Paul Heyman, for whatever he books for, remember points that he has for that is he's the Booker of the Year still, and that's that's amazing. <laughs> Thirty some years later. Good lord. Well, that is going to be a wrap for this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. And uh, Aaron, any parting words for our listeners? Uh, not really. Just you guys. Sorry for dropping the ball and forgetting to watch the show. But other than that, I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, <laughs> big things are coming. I'm so glad we're all a team here. In 2023. Aaron, if I, Aaron, stop it. No, stop it, Aaron. I'm telling you, stop it. If I had this, if I had to rush home from with my Uber, and I had to get up here, and I had to fire up the Peacock, and I had to watch 37 minutes of this crap, you could have found 37 minutes of, of your week to watch the same crap I did. That's nice, acceptable. It's not acceptable. I'll make up for it next week. Don't let it happen again. It won't. Hey, you know what? You got a you got a point. Yeah. Don't don't think this Walmart thing hasn't fucking ain't gonna haunt you. You got a point, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time around as we continue reliving the extreme. Have a great week.